Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. Grammar Girl here. This week, I have a meaty middle about five English words that come from Latin and a tidbit about the phrase batten down the hatches. I had a good laugh this morning when I realized the file name for this show was Latin Batten. It rhymes. <laughs> I also have some thank yous for listeners. And now, on to words from Latin. Today's topic is English words that have not-so-obvious origins in Latin. These words have perhaps been traveling incognito, their identities concealed. And in case you aren't familiar with that word, it means unknown, and it comes from the negative prefix in, and a form of the Latin verb to get to know, incognito. Stick around to get to know some interesting word history. Most of you probably know that gladiators fought to the death in venues like the Colosseum, the largest amphitheater in the Roman world, according to History.com. The official name of the stadium where men and beasts clashed was Amphitheatrum Flavium. And this amphitheater was so named because emperors of the Flavian dynasty built it. The landmark in Rome is usually spelled capital C-O-L-O-S-S-E-U-M with two S's. But the spelling Colosseum with one S is used as well. Colosseum with one S generally refers to a large venue that hosts entertainers, but it can also be spelled the other way. Take your pick. Two related words are colossal, an adjective meaning big, and colossus, a noun that refers to a large statue or anything enormous. Interestingly, according to the National Geographic website, the Flavian Amphitheater became known as the Colosseum because of the more than 100-foot-tall bronze statue of Nero depicted as the sun god, the Colossus Neronus, that once loomed over the valley. Our next word is arena. It wasn't so obvious that the word Colosseum originated from big statue— even more incognito are the origins of arena, which we all know means a central stage or ring used for sports or other entertainment. If you're familiar with Spanish, you may have figured it out, since arena means sand, and that's exactly where the English word arena comes from. A book titled As the Romans Did explains that places like the Colosseum were covered with sand to soak up the blood. The Romans loved their blood sports, and more blood was spilled at another venue, the Circus Maximus. The largest racetrack in Rome, it held 250,000 spectators, who flocked there to watch chariot races and gladiator fights. An interesting book about Latin words and phrases, Cawecanum, which means beware of the dog, states, quote, 
The name circus referred to the round shape of the building where chariot races, horse races, and battles were the main exhibits. Modern circuses feature acrobats and elephants, and so did the ancient Circus Maximus. According to an online guide to Italy, quote, to add variety to events, during the intervals between races they put on acrobatics or fights between exotic animals, unquote. English words that are related to the round shape of the circus are circle and circuit, and one modern meaning of the word circus is an open circle, square, or plaza, where several streets converge. One example is London's Piccadilly Circus, the junction of Regent Street and Piccadilly Street. You may have been surprised that the word circus has origins in the history of chariot racing and its round venue— Get ready to be more surprised as we switch gears to discuss two words related to anatomy. First up is the word muscle, the one spelled M-U-S-C-L-E. It would make perfect sense if the root of this had something to do with strength. But no. Try the Latin word for mouse, which is mus, and its diminutive, musculus, which means little mouse. According to the blog Anatomy Words, quote, the Romans thought that a muscle looked like a mouse running under the skin, unquote. That disturbing image is a stretch, though it's probably easier to see the connection if you're a small woman with little baby muscles. Also related to the Latin word musculus is the English word muscle, that tasty mollusk spelled M-U-S-S-E-L. The anatomy blog informs us that some species, quote, have the shape of a mouse ear, unquote. Anyone who takes biology is familiar with our next word, which might be a little icky, but has interesting origins nonetheless. Cloaca. When dissecting a frog in class, you may have been tasked with labeling features of its urogenital system. One such spot is the cloaca, which is where sperm, eggs, urine, and feces exit. Cloaca comes from the Latin word for sewer or canal. Old Roman sewers exist even today, most notably the Cloaca Maxima, which means greatest sewer. It was built as a canal in the 6th century BCE. 400 years later, it was covered, becoming an underground structure. According to a website all about ancient history, the Cloaca Maxima is visible today, quote, at the eastern stairs of the Basilica Julia at the Roman Forum, where a door leads to the sewer. Here you can sometimes hear and smell the water in the ancient sewer, unquote. There are many fascinating ruins to visit in Rome. If you go there with a companion, don't inhale if you're near the Cloaca Maxima. And we won't end this episode with a discussion of sewers. Let's finish up on a more palatable note. Think about yummy bread. The word companion comes from a combination of the Latin root com, which means with, and the word panis, which means bread, companion. You eat bread with a companion. That segment was written by Bonnie Mills with research help from her teenage son, Jake Tranga. Are you ready to batten down the hatches? Has anyone ever told you to batten down the hatches? If so, they were telling you to prepare for trouble. Maybe they saw your boss walking angrily down the hall. Or maybe they heard the principal call you to his office. 
Either way, that person was warning you that a big storm was coming and that you better get ready. Batten down the hatches is what sailors used to say when a real storm was coming. Let me explain what they meant. You see, all ships have hatches or hatchways. These are square or rectangular holes in the deck, and you use them to load cargo into a ship's interior or hold. You can also climb down through the hatches to get to living quarters below deck. In old sailing ships, hatches were covered with an open wooden grating. These gratings prevented sailors from falling through the hatches as they walked across the deck. (laughs) That's kind of important. And they also let fresh air and sunlight flow down to the lower decks of the ship. However, these open gratings weren't so great during storms. If white water crashed over the bow of the ship and ran across the deck, you wouldn't want it to flow down into the hatches. Your ship would fill with water and potentially even sink. To solve this problem, you can batten down the hatches. Here's how. Grab the grating and place it in the hatch. Take a big piece of canvas tarpaulin, you might know that as a tarp, and lay it over the hatch. Now, take four battens, long thin strips of wood like yardsticks. The word batten comes from a Middle English word to describe a finished board. And then, nail those battens to each side of the hatch, securing the canvas tightly across the top. Congratulations! You just made the hatch watertight. In other words, you've battened down the hatches. So that's your tidbit for today. Batten down the hatches is a nautical term that means to prepare for trouble. That segment was written by Samantha Enslin, who runs Dragonfly Editorial. You can find her at dragonflyeditorial.com and on Twitter as dragonflyedit. Finally, I think it's been a couple of weeks since I thanked people for reviews, and you have been wonderful about writing them. Thank you for your iTunes reviews, Tom Conwell, Julie Wordgirl, Ben Jott, Kay McMillie, Carniatus, T for Y, and From the Piney Woods of Texas, all from the U.S., and Dreamer22244 from the United Arab Emirates. Your reviews help other people decide to give the show a try, so thank you. And remember, you can find transcripts of every podcast and lots of other great articles, too, at quickanddirtytips.com. That's all. Thanks for listening. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career, so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu.